What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Fella Facts Podcast. I'm glad you're tuning in. Um, what do you know? What it is? It's Black History Month, and this is the you know. Oops, sorry. Like you know, I'm too excited. But it's the Black History episode. Um, and for this episode, I decided to read from a book. Um, it's called African American Folk Tales for Young Readers. Um, it's basically a book with African American fairy tales and folk tales, part stories that you've never heard. Um, they're both. I wish I had some Afro Latino ones, but I don't know. I don't have like a book for that. But I do. I have the African and the African American little stories, and I know. I feel like a lot of people don't know that Black people have their own fucking fairy tales. Like, have you ever heard of Asante, Asante the Spider, and stuff? That's some of them, but there's more than just Asante the Spider. So, uh, I'm going to start us off with one. I don't know if I'm going to do two, but as you listen to the podcast, you'll find out if I do one or two. But at, So, we're just going to start off right now with uh, my favorite story. This is my It's actually the first story of the whole book, but it really is my favorite one. So, basically, I'm going to read it word for word from the book Audio Style. Um, if you ever listen to audiobooks, I listen to a lot of audiobooks. And um, so it's going to be word for word that I'm going to read. Please bear with me. I am not a professional voiceover person. So we're going to see how this goes. So let's begin. Beautiful Brown Eyes Retold from folklore and inspired by stories of Lynn Cabrera, the story originally came from Yoruba-speaking people of West Africa. In Benin, along the Wimi River, on the Atlantic coast of Africa, lived a lovely maiden with beautiful brown eyes. She had the most beautiful brown eyes in her village. Perhaps the most beautiful brown eyes in the world. Every young man who happened to see her eyes when she walked through the village was captured by her beauty. Old men with wives admired her eyes and talked of what beautiful children she would have and how fortunate the man she married would be. In the season when the girl with the beautiful brown eyes came of marrying an age, a great and terrible drought came upon the land. No rain had fallen for months, and when the rainy season came, it was not rainy at all. Only hot wind blew, and the sun beat down the village without mercy. First the leaves began to wilt, then the ground began to dry and crack. Then the crops and forests began to die, and the river, Wimi, began to dry. Soon the river was only brown mud and the mud was far down the slippery bank. There was no clean water to drink, and the people began to be thirsty. When the girl should have been making plans for a wedding, she was instead climbing up and down the banks of the river, filling a jar with muddy water, and she dipped carefully into the ground from the muddy pools where the river had been. Each day she made many trips to the drying riverbed and the water she carried. Back saved lives of many of her family and friends in the village. Other girls were also going for water 
but she, she but she seemed to find more because she was very dutiful and did as her parents had asked her to. She worked slowly and lovingly, letting the ground rest in the mud and fill very slowly with the precious water. At last, however, even she could find no water to drink. One morning, as she stood in the mud of the riverbed, she began to cry because she could find no water clear enough to take into the jar. One of her tears hit the mud and up came out of the mud came a beautiful fish. He had beautiful brown eyes. Give me your jar and I will fill it up for you, said the fish. At first, she was afraid, but the fish poked so kindly and had such beautiful, sad eyes that at last she lowered her jar toward him, wondering how would he take it from her without any hands? The fish did not take the jar, but put his mouth over the mouth of the jar and spewed cool, clear water into the jar until it was full. Then the fish sank back into the mud without a word. When she returned to the village, everyone wanted to know where she had found such clear water, but she did not tell them, for she was afraid they would accuse her of lying if she had told them the truth. The following day, she returned to the same place, and again, the fish appeared out of the mud. Give me your jar, and I will fill it up for you, he said again, and he held the jar down she held the jar down to him. As he filled it with cool, clear water, she looked at his beautiful scales. In the bright sun of Africa, his scales scattered the sunlight into all directions in all the colors of the rainbows, even in rainy season. Each day, the girl went to the river, and on the seventh day, as the fish filled the jar, he looked up and into her eyes. She had a groan. She had grown to like the fish very much. His voice was pleasant. His scales were beautiful, and he was very kind. She bent down low and allowed the fish to kiss her. Instead of being cold, as she had feared, the fish was warm and gentle. She embraced the fish and became his bride. The girl's family had been very happy to get the clear water, but like all the other villagers, they had wondered. Where'd she found it? And on the seventh day, her father had sent one of her younger brothers to follow the girl to the riverbed. The brother saw the sister bend down and kiss the fish. He ran back to the village to tell her father. The family was very angry that their daughter had married a fish. For this meant there would be no wedding or gifts exchange. The rest of the village would consider the girl an outcast. They might also treat the girl's family as outcasts because they had a fish for a, an in-law. The next day, the father would not allow the girl to go to the riverbed. Instead, the oldest brother went, carrying the water jar the way the woman would. When the brother stood in the mud with the water, water jar, the fish came up thinking the shadow he saw on the mud was the shadow of his wife. The brother took out a sharp knife and killed the fish. The brother brought the fish back and gave it to his father. The father believed that the fish might be an evil spirit, but he saw that it was dead. 
and threw it at his, the feet of his daughter. She took the fish in her arms and began to cry. She walked out of the hut carrying the body of her husband. No one tried to stop her now that the fish was dead. She walked back to the riverbed and stood in the mud, crying. Her tears hit the mud and the river began to fill. As her tears fell, the river rose and flowed past her. As the water rose, the fish in her hands sank below the water. Her white dress blowed up around her in the current. The water rose above her head and she joined her husband in the water and in death. But as she died, she and her white dress turned into water lilies. As a water lily, she had the most beautiful children, thousands of them, who spread along the river and remember her to this day. I know what you're thinking. Like, she dies? Like, what? At the end, you die too? It's like, I know. I felt the same way. I was like, <laughs> devastated. But yeah. I've decided I'm going to read another one. Uh, this one will be called the Sizimwe. Um, hopefully I said that right. I feel like I did. I said that with confidence, so I better have said it right. But uh, yeah, so like I said, I'm going to continue reading audiobook style word for word from this book. And I hope you guys enjoy it. Keep listening so you can find out what Sizimwe is. All right, so let's begin the next story. The Sizimwe. This story is retold from the folklore of one of the groups of Tonga-speaking people of Zimbabwe. A group of girls went down to the river to fish with their fish baskets. A young boy who had no duties around the home that day followed them, for many of them were friends of his older sister. Although the girls usually tolerated the boy's presence, today they told him to go back to the village and leave them alone. They went on down the path and along the river, trying to get away from the lonely boy. Each time they stopped to fish, they saw him following them. They went further from the village than they had ever gone before and stepped out into the shallow river and began to catch fish. The boy came and sat on the riverbank and watched them. After a few minutes, a storm blew in and heavy rain began to fall. The girls ran toward the opposite bank away from the direction of the blowing rain. The boy stood and waved his arms at them. Don't go that side of the river, he called. The Sizimwe lives there. The girls paid no attention, for they did not believe in the Sizimwe. The beast who comes and kills by night and can eat many cattle or people at one sitting the girls took shelter under a large tree and laughed at the boy and the rain. The boy swam across the river and sat with them. When the rain stopped, the girls were curious and began to walk, wa walk away from the river along a wide path. The boy looked at the path and said, See how wide this path is? It's not made by men, but by a beast. The girls only laughed and walked away. They came to a great hut with a wide doorway, the boy said. See how wide this doorway is? It was not made for men, 
but for a beast. The girls laughed and walked to the door and called. No one answered, and the girls went in. The great hut was decorated with skin of every animal, and skulls and horns hung from every wall. The boys said, See this big game here? They were not hunted by men, but by a beast. The girls were impressed, but they thought the hut was that of a great warrior and imagined marrying such a man. They built a fire, cooked the fish, and ate supper. When the girls fell asleep, the boy shut the door to the great hut. He slept just inside it. In the middle of the night, the Sizimwe came home and found his door shut. Even the Sizimwe obeys the polite, polite customs. So he called for whoever was inside to open the door. The boy refused to open the door. The Sizimwe pushed the door over and stepped in. He sniffed the air with huge sniffs, drooled at the smell of humans and said in a voice like the growl of a lion, let me have one of these girls to eat. No, said the brave boy. These are my people and you will not eat them. The beast snorted, but backed out the doorway politely. When the sun came up, the girls awoke. The boy asked, did you hear him? Did you see him? The Sizimwe came at midnight. The girls laughed and said the boy had dreamed it all. The girls went down to the river to fish and the boy went to the trees to cut a trunk, to carve a drum to the great hut with the skulls and horns. Still hoping to meet a great warrior, they cooked and their fish and the boy brought in the drum he had carved. He took a skin off the wall and made it the drum head. That night, the girl slept on mats as before. The boy put the door back in its frame and shut it. He slept on the dirt just inside the door. At midnight, Dissizimwe came home and found the door shut. He called for the boy to open the door. The boy again refused to open the door and sang and played his drum as he answered. The drum woke the girls up, who lay very still. The Sizimwe pushed the door over and stepped in. He sniffed the air which, with huge sniffs and drooled at the smell of human beings. The beast spoke in a voice like the low call of, of an elephant. Let me have one of these girls to eat. No, said the brave boy. These are my people and you will not eat them. The beast snarled, but back out politely. When the sun came up, the boy asked, did you hear him? Did you see him? The girls answered that they had heard him and seen him. The boy told the girls to hide in the drum. The girls made themselves small and got into the drum to hide. The boy left carrying the drum with him. The Sizimwe came back to the great hut as the sun rose, and with him came this many meat-eating friends, lions, wild dogs, leopards, and hyenas. They all walked around the hut sniffing. All they could smell was the fresh cooked, the fresh fish cooked the night before. 
They accused the Zimwe of being mistaken and of having smelled fish instead of human beings. Then the hyena found the tracks of the boy and the beast all went out and tracked him in the river. They overtook him and asked, where's all the girls? There are no girls here, just me and my drum, said the boy. He began to play the drum and the girls inside sang a pretty song. All the animals stood up on their back legs and began to dance. After the dance, the animals thanked the boy for playing for them. Then they turned on the Sizimwe and called him a liar. They killed him and tore his flesh and ate him. The boy ran to the river and held, it, and held the heavy drum over his head as he waded across. Back at the village, the girls came out of the drum and made themselves their true sizes again. They all thanked the boy, and after that, when the boy played his drum, all the village came to listen to sing and dance, and the girls never tried to chase the boy away again. And we're done! Yes, this was a fun podcast. I had a really good time doing this one. This one, these stories are cute. These are some of my favorite stories. Once again, the book is called African American Folk Tales for Young Readers. Um, yeah, and also, you know, just let me know. Comment, like, subscribe. Hit me up. Let me know how you felt. Like, if I said these African words correct, please give me some props. If I said them wrong, please correct my ass. <laughs> Thanks for putting up with me. And, you know, I, I don't know how many times I recorded this, though. Like, I read this thing, like, 50 times. Like, I was so tired of saying this 50 times over and over and over. But you know what? It's all good. It's for the culture. I hope you guys enjoyed these little stories. Uh, please comment, like, subscribe. Everything's under Fella Facts. You can find it on Spotify, SoundCloud, and iTunes. Show your girl some glo- some love. You already know it's Fella Facts podcast, and you know what we doing. We ain't speaking nothing but the facts. Ow. Welcome to my podcast. This is Fella Facts, and I know you're tuning in to get your damn track. Cause it's Fella, 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 Fella Facts. Welcome to my podcast. This is Fella Facts. I know you about to die